Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stingers and Dingers podcast. Today we have a roundup of the PGA Championship and what a championship it was. Golf is officially back, majors are officially back. Let's hop right in. Um, so obviously we all know that Colin Morikawa won. Uh, you know, I'm super pumped for him for, for a lot of reasons. I think one being a Cowell grad, you know, being local to the Bay Area and then winning that I think is huge. The other, I think it's only 27th pro start. So that's also great for him as well to see. Um, so definitely super excited for him. Congrats to Colin. But before we get into you know the final round and, and what he ended up doing throughout the, the weekend, let's kind of hop into like an overview of the overall event. So a couple of things stand out to me. I think one is the, is the venue. The venue did super good this week. Uh, TPC Harding Park, I've played there a couple of times. It's a great, great track, even as a Muni. Um, I think it showed really well on TV. I think... There's a couple things I think that it particularly did well in terms of keeping the um, and keep, keeping everyone's attention and keeping it interesting. The first thing is that it was really challenging. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like a sub eighteen, you know, eighteen under par, twenty under par tournament. You know, the scores you know were at you know Colin won at minus thirteen, and then if I look down to even, you know, at even you have t forty three. So there's a pretty you know decent amount of people that are under par, but the only about only just about half the people who made the cut over half the people that made the cut ended up finishing under par for the week. Um, which I think says a lot about the, the tournament and the venue itself. Um, the fact that it was challenging, but still fair. If you take a look at the scores, something that you also see as well is that there is, um, most of the people played pretty consistently, you know, Colin who won shot 69, 69, uh, 65, 64 crushed on the weekend. And then if you go down to the bottom and you see some of the poor performers, they actually performed fairly consistent as well. It wasn't like a, you know, someone shot two sixty fives and then shot an eighty two. It was, you know, if you look at like Danny Lee sitting at tied seventy first, sixty nine, seventy one, seventy four, seventy. That's a plus four for the tournament. Pretty consistent. He made the cut. Um, and the, the course really just uh, it didn't eat people's lunches and it was pretty fair. Um, I think part of the reason why the scores are a little bit higher um, than you would normally see is, is, is a couple things. I think one is that the, um, is that uh, they, they called it like the air density or just how heavy the air is. That course is right along the water, pretty much uh, towards the ocean, Lake Merced area, San Francisco. So you get a lot of fog. It's definitely cold there. I mean, it was like 60 degrees in below and it's midsummer here in San Francisco. So that definitely was played a huge part of it as well. Um, and then the other thing as well is that the wind in the afternoons picked up. So what you saw on Thursday, Friday is the afternoon pairings ended up getting higher scores, typically compared to the uh, earlier tee times because the wind was picking up and making some of those pin positions less accessible or making it just more challenging to hit greens and hold greens. So that's definitely a big piece, I think, that you know made the, uh, the venue um, interesting in terms of like a scoring perspective. Um, also, I, I think... A good mark of a of a good course that I'm excited for is you see some challenging holes, but also some really big opportunities down the stretch, and this really highlighted I think in the final round. 16 drivable par four. I think it played at 320 today or something around that, and I played as short as I think 286 or 290. I think either yesterday or, or Friday. Um, it's a very versatile hole. You know, Colin. That's where he basically just kind of stamped you know his victory on that. He's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to drive this green, put it to you know, I think it was 12 or 13 feet and make that putt. And those opportunities coming down the stretch are super important to um, keep everyone interested, right? You know, it was pretty much anyone's game there. And then, I mean, basically we thought that, you know, Dustin can maybe get something going on that hole. He might have a shot if he goes birdie, birdie back in too. So um, 
I think that also worked as well. Um, something that I appreciated as a as a more skilled player is that they took was it ten? No, nine and twelve. Um, they are traditionally par fives. Uh, nine is about a five hundred five hundred ten yard par four uh, or par five that they changed to par four. It plays less than that. It played downwind. I think last time I played it, and I went like driver seven iron into that driver eight iron. And then the same thing with uh, 12. So 12 on the back nine is that one kind of around the corner where you saw people peering through the fence. Um, they made that one a long par four as well, which is probably a more reasonable hole with that. Um, it is pretty savage though when you do have to end up you know, hitting the rough and, and punching out. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. I, I was looking at that and I'm like, man, this this is pretty brutal. I think you saw I think you saw Cam Champ do it today and you saw a bunch of people do it over the over the week where they had to, you know, basically punch out to like a good wedge distance to basically try to get up and down. And it's it's a pretty brutal hole uh, if you don't hit the uh, the fairway. But if you hit the fairway, it's actually pretty reasonable, pretty large green. Um, and uh, but it was it was great to see on TV. Um, so I think Harding Park did a great job there. I think the other, the last thing that they did really well as well, um, which is the fact that it was a municipal golf course and you got to hear some really cool stories about that place. Um, a, a lot of things about that course people don't know about. The first thing is that like when the Olympic Club had uh, the U.S. Open there in the 70s, it was used as a uh, as a parking lot for the U.S. Open. So it's definitely been kind of the redheaded stepchild, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, for that uh you know for golf in san francisco during that period of time so it's great to see it get its due um i think the other thing as well is that it's 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 super reasonable to play there it's it's a muni it's a tpc course but because it's a muni you know most locals can get a san francisco golf card and play there for 65 bucks 75 bucks on the weekend uh versus if you're you know visiting i think it's like 200 bucks kind of kind of how they set up tory pines in that way to do it in that regard um but definitely great to see uh, Harding Park get its due there. Um, in terms of coverage, uh, a couple things I liked, a couple things I didn't like for the tournament. I I, I loved the secondary coverage that they did. So uh, featured groups and the um, and the early coverage from uh, Scott Van Pelt uh, and David Duvall. I think they both did a fantastic job. Um, it was there's a couple interesting parts just about the coverage. One being that it was behind a paywall for ESPN Plus. Um, if you don't have ESPN Plus, I can understand why you wouldn't. I, I have it because I'm a big UFC fan as well, and I think you get your money's worth just from those two things every every month. Um, plus, you get access to all the 30 for 30s and all those ESPN pieces. So for me, I already had that. It wasn't a big deal, but I could understand people being concerned about having to pay for major coverage. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a hard one for me there. I do get it, but I don't. I think, but I do think the premium coverage that was before the you know the CBS and full ESPN took over was really good. I think David Duvall and, and Scott Van Pelt did a great job. Um, Scott Van Pelt, I'm always pleasantly surprised with his commentary for golf. Um, did a hell of a job. Keep going, man. Um, in terms of the coverage for ESPN and CBS, oh god, ESPN coverage was fine for the normal stuff, but the CBS coverage, it's just. <sighs> I don't, I don't know how to explain my disappointment. Um, I, I think it's this, the same stuff you hear when CBS is normal coverage. It's the, uh, you know, cutting into shots where I think there's multiple times, even today where I like, 
they just like randomly cut to Jason Day making like going for like an eight foot birdie putt. And I'm like, wait, how the hell did he get here? <laughs> like, I don't remember seeing any of this or they do the, uh, what's the playing through stuff where they have the golf on, on TV and stuff. And they're doing that for important shots sometimes. And that, that kind of bothers me. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a solution. I know that they have the the crazy contract that they have to get their money back on. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, what the resolution or if there, or if there is one right now. Um, so I'm not going to harp on it too much, but I do think they, you know, midway through the round today, I think blew it on a couple of occasions and even through, through the week on the CBS side. So I, I'm definitely bummed about that. Um, you know, hopefully it gets better. I, I doubt it will with the current TV contracts that, that the PGA has with them and all the money needed to recoup for that. Um, but overall, I think they did a great job with the early premium coverage. They try to do something similar to what uh, the Masters does with making it um, online and di- there's different views. Um, the Masters, I think, does it the best way where they make it free for everything, where you have Amen Corner, you have, I think it's six, was it 15, 16 or 16, 17 as a, as a feed. And then you have uh, the, the general broadcast. And it felt kind of similar to that, although it was behind a paywall. And then when it did get to CBS, it was kind of a mess. So, um, I, I kind of like that. I, I like that for majors. I like that premium feed. I, I, I'm okay paying extra money for that because I'm a huge golf fan and, I, and I'll watch it, right? It doesn't bother me. It's something that I'm super into. I'm going to watch it. I had all three feeds up on my computer at one point in time because I just you know, wanted to digest all of it. It was great. Um, so that's really just it on the coverage. Uh, in terms of news, in terms of players and just happenings on during the tournament this week, uh, I think the first thing I'm gonna knock out of the knock out of the way is Tiger. Let me see if I can find where he finished today. He had a pretty good day today, from what I remember. Yeah, he shot he shot 300 today to finish the tournament. That's great. That's great for him. Super happy for that. Um, he barely made the cut. He was out, he was just above the cut line at even par. Cut line was one over, I believe, or two over. Um, and then he went uh, two over on Saturday and three under on Sunday. So um, mixed bag for the cat. I. I Looking at his, if you looked at his stats, his putting and just the amount of whole, amount of putts made the entire week was pretty brutal. Um, driving accuracy fifty one percent. That's not going to win you any any tournaments at all. Um, green regulation sixty two percent. That's not great. Putts per green one point seven. Eh, I I'd rather look at the strokes gained putting there, but um. I, I don't think it's because of his new putter. People were concerned that he breaking out the new Scotty was going to do some bad things for him. I don't think it did. Um, for those of you who don't know the story with the new Scotty, he got a, he basically got a uh, mimic version of that, uh, of the, his, his famous elder Juan Scotty that everyone knows and loves. And um, the difference is that it's longer. Uh, I believe they put an inch or an inch and a half on it so that it, it wouldn't hurt his back as if he was practicing with it a bunch, but also they have interchangeable weights. I believe that's for um, green speeds what i understand um so i don't know if he'll stick with it it'll be interesting to see him going into the majors the rest of the year um to see if he starts to see sticks with that putter or goes back to the uh to the older putter but i i don't think that was the main problem he complained about the green speeds i believe was it saturday or friday he complained about the green speeds i don't necessarily know if you know the green speeds are that much of an issue part of the reason with the green speeds can tend to get slower at harding is is just the fact that it's colder and wet and the greens are going to be as fast if they're dry and baked out so i'm not surprised there um but i i don't know how i feel about 
about Tiger this week. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a whole bunch of good things to take from his game, a whole bunch of bad things either. I think his putting needs to change. Um, let me see if we can look at Tiger's strokes game putting this season. Tiger strokes in putting. Um, let's take a look at strokes game putting. Uh, it doesn't want me to load this. Yeah, it won't load it for me. Um, loads. Nope. It doesn't want to load it for me for whatever reason. Um, basically, looking at Tiger's putting, I, I think that needs to, that needs to get better. Uh, you know, when he wins, he's he's really rolling it with the rock. When he doesn't, he's not ball striking his way into contention, right? You know, it seems like his game needs to be consistent every way around now in order for him to make a to give a shot at it. Um, versus, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day, he'd have, you know, just a crazy ball striking week where he would you know, hit 17 out of 18 greens, but the proximity to the hole would be super good. So he didn't have to worry about making some long bombs in order to be in contention. Um, so we'll see. Uh, what do we have next? Probably US Open next. I think the Masters is last in November. So who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, I forget where the, where the US Open's at this year. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. It should be interesting regardless. Um, other stories this week, Rory McIlroy did not show up this week. Um, I, th I thought he was going to come back and, and try to make a run for it. He shot 70, 69, 71, 68. So pretty consistent, just couldn't make any putts. He had a couple of big blow-up holes uh, during the week this week, so that was a little bit of a bummer to see as well. Um, he did make an eagle, which was pretty sweet uh, today. Was it on 16? Yeah, it was on 16. Drivable par 4. Um, and then any other big names to talk about? Oh, there was the Ricky Fowler incident where he like chunked a putt, which you guys got to see if you haven't seen it yet. That was pretty incredible. Um, there was, oh, there's a hole in one today uh, by Byung Hun An. Apologies for probably butchering the hell out of that name. Uh, but that was cool to see. He didn't even actually notice that it, w it went in until someone started yelling about it. Um, so that was pretty epic. Uh, congrats to him. That's super cool to see. Um, Jason Day had a hell of a week. I'm really happy with how he played. Uh, I thought he was going to actually make a run for it today. He he didn't play bad. He shot 66, um, but he was you know three back from uh, from Colin. Um, he had that that uh that 70 yesterday that kind of ruined his his momentum for him a little bit. Um, yeah. And then just the the typical list of characters that you see up here. You see, you know, your uh, your Bryson, who's been pretty pretty much a contention the last pretty much every week this year. Uh, you have Xander, who just peeks his head at every major he looks at, pretty much. Patrick Reed's up here. Rom's up here. Rogers had a hell of a season. He's T thirteen right now. Um, Matt Wolf, yeah, Matt Wolf had a had a good run today. He missed. Oh God, he missed so many short putts today that I thought he was going to make. Um, he had a run, I think it was 12, 13, 14, where he missed three putts in a row that either lipped out or uh, just burned edge that he, that he could have made, and that would have put him at T13 up there with uh, with Morikawa, which would have been a cool playoff, right, to see you know, those two young guns going after it. Um, I guess, well, get, I guess that transitions into Morikawa pretty well. Um, he had a great week. Uh, he didn't put himself out of contention early in the week, and then he really set himself apart yesterday. Shot 65. That was one of the lowest rounds of the day. There's only, I think, one or two rounds below him yesterday. 
at least that I remember. That might have been the low yesterday. Um, but he knew he could he could get after it uh, today. You know, after shooting that sixty five, uh, bogey free round completely. He bir- he birdied three, four, ten, fourteen, and he eagled sixteen, which is huge. Uh, and almost <laughs> and then almost birdied eighteen and seventeen too. So he had he had a great uh, a great Sunday. He could have shot a sixty two or sixty one here pretty easily. It looked like so. Um, you know, good good work from him. Um, I want to see, I really want to see what his stats were in terms of his putting. Cause I really think his, um, yeah, I think they announced it on 17 where his strokes, his strokes gain putting was like top five for the tournament. Um, which makes sense, right? Like he seems to be in contention whenever he can get his putter working and whenever his putter isn't working, he's you know not in the top 20. Um, his ball striking is just so dang good and his driving, driving distance isn't that long, but his driving accuracy is really solid. Uh, I believe he had like a 70 or 72% driver accuracy for the week, which is great. I mean, that's, that's really on this type of course where you're really penalized for the ref. That's really what you want to see. Um, and then being able to kind of go in there with his putter and then be able to make some putts that definitely put him into contention were great. Um, and then the, the chip in that, I believe it was at 14, 14. Yeah. Chipping at 14 didn't, didn't hurt as well. So congrats to Colin. Um, and then definitely can't, you know, finish this off, uh, without talking about him, uh, bobbling the Wanamaker trophy, uh, at the end, if you didn't see, it's going to be all over Twitter, all over Facebook and, and YouTube in a little bit. Basically he picked up the trophy and the lid for the <laughs> lid for the trophy. I guess he tilted it at an angle and it fell off. I don't know if it wasn't tight. I don't know if he just put it at the wrong angle or, or, or what it was, but it just, it bobbled and it was just really funny. It was, it was a really good moment. I thought it was really genuine um where he was concerned and and I, but it was i don't know i i couldn't imagine what it feel what it feels like to be him right now be elated uh you know to win your first major you know within your first calendar year of playing events or i guess full year of playing events this 27th event which is crazy third win at 27 starts um and then the last thing is he won $2 million, which also doesn't suck. I think 1.98 to be specific, but that's incredible. Uh, congrats to Colin. Uh, definitely super pumped for him. Um, in terms of other things that I think we can take away, I think what we're really starting to see and what we're really understanding is like, yeah, distance plays a factor in these majors um, in, in these tournaments for sure, but it's not the biggest one. Uh, definitely the, the reason why Colin won is he was rolling, rolling the rock really well and had a couple of good breaks, which, which can make all the difference in the world. You know, Paul Casey was T second. He's not a bomber by any means. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think it's one of the situations where we can say that like, you know, every bomber is going to win every tournament. I mean, you have your standard bombers up at the top of leaderboard though. You have DJ, uh, you have Tony, Matt Wolf, uh, Bryson sitting, uh, yeah, Bryson as well. Let me see what Bryson's driving stats were today. Three, three twenty driving average today, and he had a couple of just like three woods and stuff. So that's just bonkers. But um, I think we're still not at the age where bombing everything is going to be the end all be all. Uh, still gotta, still gotta make some putts. Um, but the driver definitely doesn't hurt. So it'll be interesting to see what U.S. Open looks like. Really curious to see what the Masters looks like with Bryson's speed. But otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that I enjoy watching the PGA Championship. Sorry for all the rambling. But there's just kind of like a lot to cover in like a 20-minute period, so I want to get ahead of it. Um, in the next week, I'm going to cover a couple of additional golf courses for review, so look forward to that. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.